All right. Uh, Revelation chapter 19. Verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. Now who is his? Huh? Wait a minute. Seems like it. Back up to verse 5. A voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, small and great. Now that's where the voice comes from. It came out from the throne of God. But was it God? And look at this. Verse 10, I fell at his, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And that's, of course, John. And he, the very same one that said in verse 5, said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, Jesus, worship God. Now we have the same thing in the last chapter. find it. Chapter 22. Yeah, verse 9. Verse 8. Now John saw these things and heard them, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. And then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren, the prophets of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Exact same thing. So obviously this his, him, was an angel, a created being. Now, I have no problem with John falling down. How do you think he could avoid it all that? But he had to be straightened out. We don't bow down to any created being. Uh, one of the commentaries, either Trap or Poole, Matthew Poole it might have been, talked about how the Catholics... How they hoodoo people into bound down to the Pope and other what's going on? Okay. Uh, and anyway, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Well, that would include all prophecy through the whole Bible. And I saw heaven open. Evidently, he gets a fresh new look. And behold, a white horse. 
And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Now we know who that is. There's no question there. Do you know that the first time the word horse appears in the New Testament is the book of James? Chapter 3, and it's horses. But the singular word horse, it's only in the Revelation. I don't know what you can make of that, but it's just a, a fact. Now you've got plenty of references, not an not a inordinate amount, but plenty of references in the Old Testament to horse, uh, but not in the New Testament. Well, and so he comes on a white horse. Well, now this is not the first white horse that we've observed in the book of Revelation. The first one was in Revelation uh, chapter 6, and the first White, the first white horse rider. And people say that's Jesus, but it's not. Here's Jesus. The other one was an imposter. Faking it. Acting like he's something. Well, he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. I'm the way, the truth, and the life is what he said. His name is the true. Amen. His name is the faithful. Just exactly how faithful were you, Lord? Every word he said, every deed he did, came right from the Father. He kept every jot and tittle of the law. Amen. Every word of God. And in righteousness, he does judge. That's the common word for judge, crenate. And make war. That Greek word for make war. Polemio. Can anybody think of a word that we use that could possibly come from that? Polemic. Huh? Polemic. Absolutely. Right on. You've got, they talk a lot about apologetics at the Creation Museum. Well, apologia, that is a defense of the faith. And certainly we need to be doing that. One thing you don't talk about much, but is a legitimate way to handle the Word of God is a polemical way. Some men would be an apologist. That's not making apologies. They're defending the faith. But a polemicist is one who not only defends the faith, he attacks false doctrine. I've been said to be somewhat polemical. Well, I answer guilty of that. Because I think somebody needs to call the shots. Anyway, his eyes were as a flame of fire. Didn't say they were, said they were as. 
piercing would be a word. Say, well, somebody just looked like he could just look right right straight through you. Well, this one didn't look like it. This one can and does. And on his head were many crowns or diadems. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. But on his head were many, polus, many. You don't know how many. Many. But what is this about having more than one crown? Have we heard of anything that has more than one crown? Yes, we have. I've read this to you before. This is either, you can call it a poem or a sonnet by John Milton. Now, John Milton was considered to be, is considered to be, one of the finest classical writers of modern day. He's in the same category as William Shakespeare. But here's the thing about, although Shakespeare used a lot of scripture, John Milton was a believer. Well, let's see, he he wrote Paradise Lost, Tremendous work. Many other things. But I'm going to read this to you. I've read it to you before. This is on the late massacre in Piedmont. Now that book, The History of the Evangelical Churches of the Valley of the Piedmonts by William Moreland. Uh, That's what that's about. This is in the year 1655. Avenge, O Lord, thy slaughtered saints, whose bones lie scattered on the alpine mountains cold. Even them who kept thy truth so pure of old, when all our fathers worshipped stocks and stones. See, that would be, if you're in England, that would be the Druids and they went back way before New Testament times and that's what he's calling their fathers British fathers worship stocks and stones Stonehenge and all of that forget not in thy book record their groans and brother John I know for a fact that he has Who were thy sheep and in their ancient fold, slain by the bloody Piedmontese that rolled mother with infant down the rocks, their moans, their veils redoubled to the hills and they to heaven. Their martyred blood and ashes soul o'er all the Italian fields where still doth sway the triple tyrant that from these may grow a hundredfold who having learnt thy way early may fly or flee 
the Babylonian woe. The Pope has a triple crown. That's the crown he wears. That's what he's talking about here. That triple tyrant. He's talking about the Pope at Rome. Well, I read one that said, oh, that started back in the 1800s. Baloney. Here, John Milton's writing about it in the 1655. And he refers us all the way back to before the time of Christ and takes us to Babylon. <laughs> well, what is all that about? Sun God worship. Listen to this. Baal is sun god worship. Mithraism is sun god worship. Incidentally, most of the Catholic liturgy came from Mithraism. Constantine was a Mithraic sun god worshiper. He was the Pontifex Maximus of Persian sun god worship, and that's Mithraism. Sun god worship. And I've told you several times, when I was in Rome, that's the thing that struck me, that I was right in the middle of the headquarters of sun god worship in this earth. Everything about it is sun god You ever heard of Apollo in your huh? Apollo, the sun god. The Medes and the Persians. Oh, I was going to give you Saul Invictus. The, the unconquerable son. That's what Saul Invictus means. But all of those always opposing the true God. Always. They still are. We had it in Egypt, Assyria. Babylon, both Neo and ancient, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans. Mythology was what I was trying to think of. Oh, on this side of the Atlantic, Aztecs, sun god worship. Incas, Sun God worship. Mayans, sun God worship. Toltec and Sioux. That's Native Americans. Sun God worship. They weren't the only tribe. Just how widespread was sun God worship? It was worldwide, and it still is. How did it get spread worldwide? 
Well, you see, it got systematized in, at the Tower of Babel at Nimrod's day. And when God scattered the nations, he, he confused the languages, and they all scattered. What did they take with them? Sun God worship. That's how it got spread. And why are all of the stories, they're mythological stories, why do they always end up the same way? Because it's the same story. That's why. Now, they're, I don't know when they're going to have it done, but they're building a facsimile of the Tower of Babel at the Ark Encounter. It's not going to be some gigantic tower up there. It's going to be a, a pyramid. And do you know what? Pyramids have been found all over the world. And all of these sun god countries. And that's what you'll see for the Tower of Babel. That's what the, what's going to be built. It's all sun god worship. Then... Israel. <laughs> Look at Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel chapter 8. And verse 7. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, an abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them seventy men of the ancients of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand. And a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. That's what's in their hearts. He said also unto me, turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tamus. Who is the illegitimate, resurrected Nimrod, who is the son of his of of uh, Semiramis? So her. Her husband is her son. You think that ain't weird? And even when you talk about the Masons, what they talk about, they've got things that they say like the mother's son and all of that stuff. That's where all that stuff comes from. 
ancient Babylon. And incidentally, you know the Jews have a whole month named Tamas. So we're not the only ones that have got pagan names for our months. Most all of the Jews are. Their lunar calendar. They don't have any sacred calendar. Neither do we. We got a calendar we have to use. Because we're stuck with it. We won't have it when we're with the Lord. We won't even have a need for a calendar. <laughs> anyway, the women of Israel sat weeping for Tamas. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this old son of man turn thee yet again? And thou shalt see greater abominations than these. My, they're all abominations, but they are on the increase. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord. Notice where they're facing. And their faces toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the east. The sun rises in the east. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Oh, not only they got in their hearts, they got in the house of God. It's all over here now. And what's he mean? They put the branch to their nose. Oh, I just love to smell the evergreens of Christmas. It's, I didn't write that. Anyway, so where did all this triple crown come from? It came from ancient Babylon, that's where, and the Roman Catholics have got it. Anyway, sun god worship. People thought I was crazy, and I came back here and said, that's nothing but sun god worship over there. I knew it was. I can see it. I ain't blind. I can tell what I'm looking at. And that's what it is. Sun God worship is still there. And you can compare all the Catholic holy days and all of the pagan holy days and they're right on. They're matches. Every one of them are matches. Anyway. On his head were many crowns. But let me tell you. This didn't have anything to do with Babylon. This is because he has earned these crowns Amen. by being the faithful and true and the righteous judge. And he does make war. Verse 13, and he was clothed with a vesture. Dipped in blood. 
And his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as his Glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Separate him from his word. Bunch of liberal dogs. Separate him from his word. Satan separates him from his word. He can't be separated from his word. This is his written word. He is this literal word. And the armies which were in heaven, oh, they ain't Chinese and they ain't Russian and they ain't American. This is the army of the Lord. <laughs> Followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. We've got this sharp sword in Hebrews 4. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. That with it he should smite the nations. One sword, one Lord. That's all he needs. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Get ready for the thousand year millennial reign of Christ on earth. Literal, everybody, literal thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. Not some spiritual thing that you can't see. Literal. He'll sit in the throne of David. In Jerusalem, the law shall go forth from out of Zion. Now he doesn't have to use a rod of iron on his people whom he has born again and resurrected and made them like unto him. Who does he have to use a rod of iron? That ain't no shepherd's staff either. It's a rod of iron. Who's he got to use that on? All the lost people that dwell on the earth during the thousand year reign. And they're the ones that when Satan will be unleashed at the end of the thousand year reign and he'll go about to gather his armies, they'll be the ones that were ruled with a rod of iron although they've had a thousand years of perfect government. So you find out that they're all lying. They don't want perfect government. Adam had it and didn't want it. Israel had it and didn't want it. This earth will have it and doesn't want it. And he treadeth the winepress, there it goes again, of the fiercest and wrath of Almighty God. Now if you understand Christ, I've heard this name used, word used, Advent means coming. His first advent, Jesus Christ was here as a suffering Savior. And Jesus Christ 
was put in to the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And God tread out his fierceness of his wrath on his only begotten son. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But that's not the way it is now. Never again. Now it's going to be the judge of the universe who has been made judge because he became the son of man. Real human. Not fake human. As some preachers say, wasn't a human like us. He was a real human. No, he wasn't depraved. But he was a real human. Now he's going to tread out the fiercest of the wrath of Almighty God in that wine press. And who, who, who are those grapes that are in that wine press? All the wicked of this world that'll be fighting with Satan against God. And he hath on his vesture on his thigh name written, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Another reason he has many diadems. <laughs> King of kings and Lord of lords. All and for all you masons and shriners. He's the blessed and only potentate. Y'all think you got a potentate? You don't. You don't. The only potentate is Jesus Christ. That means one who has all power within himself. Amen. Power belongeth unto God. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. The Lord's going to prepare a supper for all the birds of the air. All of the buzzards and the eagles and the cormorants and the owls. And the crows and all of them. That you're going to eat, you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. I just read about a man that I knew I don't know anything about his spiritual condition he was a man of high standing in the state of Kentucky in Lexington very rich man very wealthy <clears throat> but do you know where he is? I don't know when his funeral is, but he'll be where the rest of the dead are. I hope his soul went to heaven. I hope he saved man. It could have been. I gave him a trail of blood one time. He called himself a Baptist. I don't think he really liked it too much, but he read it. He's gone the way of all the earth. Doesn't matter who you are. And who's going to be at this great foul feast? 
all of them. Of all stations in life, all positions, kings, and that would probably include presidents and governors and mayors and all the rest of them. Chiefs and everything else. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. We got into them in chapter 13. The first beast, Antichrist. The second beast, the false prophet. Now here they are. The false prophet wrought or worked miracles before him. With which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast. See, why do, why do Catholics believe that a, that a priest can turn a piece of bread into the literal body of Christ? Why do they believe he can take a jigger of, of wine and literally turn it into the blood of Jesus Christ? Because they have been willingly deceived. They have allowed themselves to be deceived. Because they don't have a love for the Lord and for his word. If the Lord does a work of grace in them, they will turn from those things. So they received the mark of the beast and they were deceived by the beast and the false prophet and Satan who was feeding them both. And these both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. They ain't coming out. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That would be the battle of Armageddon. When that blood runs as deep as a horse's bridle, 200 miles. Lots of blood. Lots of food for the birds of the air. And there's lots of birds in this world. I mean, what we see here going into winter, you see all the birds flying over going south. That ain't just here. That's everywhere north going south. All over the world. Plenty of birds, but there'll be plenty of flesh for them. 